We say of Muhadib that he has gone on a journey into that land where we walk without footprints. Preamble to the Quizarat Creed. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. Whether you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we're going to finish Dune Messiah. Yeah, we are. Yeah. We are? Yeah. How do you feel about that, Evan? A little little sad. Yeah? A little happy. Okay. We made it. It's like we accomplished it, you know? It's a big deal. We made it through the whole thing. The chapter is kind of sad. Okay, yeah, it is. this chapter is kind of <laughs> sad. Why did you find this chapter sad, Evan? Uh, because it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, last time you said there's like one final twist to be had. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Something's going to happen. I was not expecting that at all. What that, the heck? That Paul is gone? Paul's gone. Forever? Unceremoniously gone. Poof. Like sand in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's how it that's ends. I have my emotional support worm here with me because I need emotional support. Yeah, the Messiah will do that to you. But I just want to congratulate you on finishing both Dune and Dune Messiah. Most Dune readers have don't even get that far, so congratulations, Evan. Woo! We made it. Am I and, cool? Am I cool now? Am I one of the cool kids? I think you can classify yourself as a Fremen now if somebody asks. Like when I say Fremen or first time reader, you've made it to Fremen status. Wow. Wow, here we are. I made it finally. <laughs> well, are you ready to start this chapter? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So we open on Duncan, Idaho, not hate Duncan, Idaho, standing at the beginning of the open desert. Behind him, we have Sietch Tabar standing resolute, dominating the night sky behind him with the two moons frosting the rim of Sietch Tabar's rock facade. Duncan turns around to see a dike of water separating the open sand from the orchard that's been planted between the water and the CH. Yeah. Which is already like a huge visual transformation of just how much this has changed. Right. There's just a big thing of water. And there's a bridge that goes over the water. Yeah. Outside of Siege to Bar, there's a big thing of water. (laughs) What? And there's trees. That are that are growing there, right? Yeah. So Duncan can see the reflection of the moons in the water. His still suit felt greasy against his skin. He listened to the songs of the night, the kangaroo mice making the slightest noise in the grass at the water's edge. 
Okay, kangaroo mice. What's that? I, I assuming I'm I'm assuming it's the little the little muadib we saw in the movie with the big ears and the yeah. weird legs. Uh huh. All right, okay. cool. Yeah, they like name animals that are kind of like uh, in Avatar: The Last Airbender. They're all like a mix of two animals. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> right, right, right. Like a, like a platypus bear. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you have the kangaroo mice, which is our little muhadib character. Then he hears the echo of a hawk, a hawk owl, coo that bounces off the wall. So a hawk, that's a, an Atreides symbol. Right. And then he hears the hiss of sandfall coming from the open desert. Which, what hisses in, a, in Dune? The worm. The worm. Bow, 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 bow. From it now, boy, I know the answers. <laughs> Idaho turned towards the sound, but he didn't see anything. No movement. Where Idaho stood was the, the exact last spot that they had seen Paul. A Fadaikin lieutenant said that Paul was now a truly blind Fremen when he walked out into the desert. Like a true Fremen. Blind Fremen were abandoned in the desert. Muhadi might be emperor, but he was also Fremen. Paul had made provisions for the royal Fremen guard to raise his children. He was now a Fremen. Officially brought in, he did exactly what the Fremen should do in the situation. Idaho thought to himself that he should have never left Paul, not even for a minute. So right away, Idaho's blaming himself for Paul being gone. What did Paul do? He walked out into the desert. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens Does- in the desert? Well, you get eight, basically. I mean, like, one way or another, <laughs> you're going to get it. Yeah. Because, you know, either he's going to walk until... It doesn't say what time of day it... Does it say what time of day it is? Well, right now it's night. But right. So even when, if he, like, walked out at night, he's blind. So he's just going to, like, walk randomly. Um, But if he walks out at night and just, like, walks through the night, It'll be daytime soon, and he'll like die from the heat and like uh-huh. lack of water, or a worm's gonna get you. Right. So there's very uh, small chance of his survival. Right. If any chance of survival here. So the Fadaikin lieutenant, whose name is Tandis, he was in the last chapter. I just didn't name him because I didn't think he was important until he popped up. Now. Okay. Uh, he escorted Paul to the spot in front of the open desert. And said that Paul said, Paul said that the future no longer needed his physical presence. So Paul walked out in the desert, turned around, probably threw up his arms, and said, "I'm free." <laughs> and those were Paul's last words. Paul, and I'm free, <laughs> free falling. <laughs> yeah, deep cut all the way back. There we go. That's good. And, of course, the Fremen had refused to send thopters or any rescue of any kind because that would be against their ancient customs. Right. The Fremen said that the wor- there would be a worm for Muhadib. And so they began to chant for those committed to the desert. Chant for the ones whose water went to Shai Halud. Idaho sat down on a rock, just pondering, staring out into the open desert, looking for his friend, which I feel like he just got his friend back. Right. And they had that whole moment where Paul was like, hey, bud, 
glad you're back. Good to see you. I'm gonna leave now. Like what the heck? Peace. Remember uh, that time you remember that time you left me? Now my turn. And just walk away. But there was no way to tell where Paul had gone at this point. Idaho remembered the last thing Paul said. Now I am free. Idaho spoke the words aloud. Now I am free. He remembered the day he'd taken Paul to the sea market on Caladan. Idaho remembered Gurney playing the music from the set for them. He remembered the pleasure, the laughter, the good times. And he also thought how Gurney would now blame him for this tragedy. Right. He's like, Gurney's going to kill me. <laughs> you lost the kid? <laughs> <laughs> Idaho remembered one of the last things Paul had said to him. He'd said, there are problems in this universe for which there are no answers. Idaho started to wonder how Paul would die out there. Would it be quick? Would it be slow? Would it be by heat? Would it be by worm? Some of the Fremen in the Siet said that Muhadib would never die. He said that the, he entered the world where all possible futures existed, and that he would be present henceforth in the Alam al-Mathal, wandering there endlessly after his flesh had ceased to be. Idaho thought Paul would die, and there's nothing he could do to stop it. There would be no trace of Paul, no memorial, no remains. The whole planet of Doom, oh, sorry, the whole planet of Dune would be his tomb. Mm. So now when we look at Dune, the planet, probably when you're coming in, there is no memorial. The planet itself is the memorial to Paul. Well, yeah. In like so many aspects. So many aspects. Because the religion's going to just keep going as far as we can tell right here. He's a martyr now. He's walked into the place where in between, he'd walked into time and eternity with a capital T and a capital E. Like right. he is in all places at all times. What's the quote at the beginning say? It said, uh, The beginning? It, the beginning of the book or the no, beginning no, of the beginning chapter? Of this chapter. We say that Muhadib has gone on a journey into the land where we walk without footprints. Right. Yeah. So Idaho then remembers that the Fadekin lieutenant was posting a guard over Muhadib's children. Idaho hated this too. Right? Because they said it was their solemn duty to protect these children. But that, that saying is too full of self-important government language. That self-important governmentness had infected the Fremen. It infected everyone on the planet. But out there, right now, in the desert, a great man was dying. But the self-important government language babbled on. Mm. Idaho felt himself draw inward. But he caught himself thinking about instead of facing his own failure, he would rather lose himself and disappear within him. He felt the almost instant plunge to the fall in his memories. He felt his life stretched out as long as the universe. Idaho stood up. The sand began to chatter in the wind. Somewhere out there in the vast desert, a storm was brewing. So Evan, when he, uh, he's sitting down, he's like going inward because he doesn't want to face what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And then he feels his life stretched out as long as the universe. What do you think is happening to him right there? Evan, Evan puts his hands <laughs> to his cheeks. <laughs> the audio descriptions. <laughs> For the people uh, listening. 
Yeah, no, I know. I always forget. Uh, I don't know. Is there He's, a tinge sorry. of prescience? Yeah, that, that's what it, I. That's what I thought, but okay. that's right. a little scary to think that just like he can just have a. You can just have prescience all of a sudden. When he's like, what is he? He's a Gola. He's a Mentat. He's a philosopher. He's a, you know, like, and sexy swordsman from the past. Sexy swordsman. But like, what? Where did that come from? Where did that prescience come from? You know? I think if anybody, I mean, Idaho is just also a different creature at this point. Yeah. Like, he died and came back to life. And he's got all this weird stuff. So time has got to be really weird for him. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, just something to look at. Just wanted to. I mean, I read that I was like, "What? Is yeah. Ida? What's happening here?" Hmm. So, all right, we'll move on. Okay. Audio thought. Uh, Idaho thought to himself, "He will become one with the desert. The desert will fulfill him." It was a Zen Thuni. It was a Zen Sunni thought. Paul would go marching on out there, but an Atreides would not give himself up completely to this destiny not even in the full awareness of the inevitable. The Atreides would keep fighting. A touch of prescience came over Idaho then. He saw the people of the future would speak of Paul in terms of the sea. He would say his flesh floundered, but he swam on. Okay, so there... That's Frank, the... Frank just said it, yeah. Yeah, okay. I didn't, I wasn't... Yeah, Frank just... There was a tinge, a little touch... I like a little, little pinch of spice prescience there. Yeah. Idaho was interrupted from his thoughts by the sound of someone clearing their throat. <clears> throat. It was Stilgar, standing on the bridge that crossed over the canal. He will not be found, yet all men will find him, <laughs> Stilgar said. The desert takes him. Idaho says, it deifies him. He, yet, he was an interloper here. He brought an alien chemistry to this planet. He brought water. Stilgar said, the desert imposes its own rhythms, and we welcomed him, called him our Mahdi, or Muad'Dib, gave him a secret name, Usul, the base of the pillar. We claimed him, and now we have claimed him fully. Stilgar walked to Idaho and put a hand on his shoulder. All men are interlopers, old friend. You're a deep one, aren't you still? <laughs> deep enough. I can see how we clutter the universe with our migrations. Muhadib, Muhadib gave us something uncluttered. We will remember his jihad for that, at least. I don't know if I like this saying, personally. Uh, I mean, we're trying to make a a good thing out of a bad thing, right? With the jihad, like now the universe is um, stagnant, not moving, which is a kind of a dangerous thing for them at this moment. Maybe it's a little bit more security than the Fremen are used to. Uh, just, just an interesting thought there. Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Idaho protested. He won't give up to the desert. He may be blind, but he won't give up. He's an Atreides. Stilgar gently pulled on Idaho's arm, trying to bring him back inside. And his water will be poured on the sand. Come, Aaliyah is asking for you. 
So Idaho asked if Ali had went, to, went with Stilgar to Sietz Macabre. And Stilgar said yes. She'd went with them to whip those soft naives in line. <laughs> so basically, Aliyah and Stilgar will now run the government in Muhadib's stead. Oh, cool. Which is what Paul was trying to get Stilgar to understand in that To Kill a God chapter. Like, I don't have the power. You have the power. Yeah. Okay. I can go away. You will be fine. Yes. That in, makes sense. Yeah. But in that chapter, Stilgar's like, no, you are God. You have power. Stilgar also tells us how Aaliyah commanded the execution of traitors, which include the guildsmen, Reverend Mother Gaius Helamahayim, Korba, and a few others. Probably Sightail. I'm assuming Sightail. Oh, no. He died in the last chapter. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, the, with the knife in the eye. Oh, yeah. Duh. And BJ's got killed by Duncan. Yes. Yeah. So everyone's dead except for Irulan. She's happy and content raising the children. (laughs) Well, she had a change of heart. Right, right. Is what they're about to tell us, right? She had. Yeah, she became uh, the Mary Poppins of the group, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to go over here that the real power of government is in legal violence, Um, and Aaliyah needed to show power in this very vulnerable moment. Yeah. Like, I can kill people and you can't, so I'm going to kill everyone I can. Hmm. Idaho was shocked. You killed a reverend mother? Silgar says, he <laughs> <Hell> did. yeah. <laughs> he also said Muhadib told him not to, but then he disobeyed, just oh. like a- Aaliyah knew he would. I like how matter-of-fact he is. Also, I, got, I just got to say, when I was reading this, I was picturing like ha- Javier Bardem and uh, Jason Momoa playing mm-hmm. this out, you know, like, you killed the Reverend Mother? And he goes, I did. You know, like, <laughs> so, like, matter of fact and very, like, I did, yes, yes, I killed I kill her. You know? <laughs> I just imagine it's Jason Momoa's, like, most memorable scene acting ever. He would just, like, love it so much. Right. The scene, <laughs> if they played it, if they played this out, like, line by line, would be so good. It'd be so good. Okay, so I also want to point out here that remember the chapter at the end of the trial of Korba when Aaliyah looks at Stilgar and is like, something's off with you? You're about to disobey my brother? And Stilgar's like, no, I would never. That's the moment we're talking about. Okay. So Stilgar was like, oh, Aaliyah was right to question that I was thinking about doing this. Dang, okay. Which I don't know if he was, but he kind of like spoke it in. She kind of like spoke it into existence. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Idaho turned to look out in the desert again. He felt himself become whole, one person capable of seeing the pattern of what Paul had created. The Atreides call call it judgment strategy in their training manuals. People are subordinate to government, but the ruled influence yeah. the rulers. Stilgar clear, cleared his throat again. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <clears throat> Aaliyah, she needs your comfort. <laughs> A.K.A. Remember, dude, you said as hate that you loved her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still guards like, I, I do not think you're understanding what I am saying to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She needs your uh, comfort. You know. <laughs> kisses. Right. She needs your kisses. <laughs> the kisses of your lips. <laughs> so Stilgar continued, will you come now? We need you back there. 
She is uh, distraught. <laughs> she cries against her brother in one moment, and the next she mourns him. Idaho says, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be right there. So Stilgar leaves. Idaho still, he's standing up, facing the open desert. He feels the wind rising. He feels the grains of sand rattle against his still suit. His mentat awareness is now projected the overflowing patterns into the future. Paul would set in motion a whirling vortex and nothing could stand in his path. Both the Benny Tleilax and the Guild had overplayed their hands and lost. They were discredited. The Quizzerot was also shaken to its core with the deaths of Corba and the traitors. And as Paul's final voluntary act, his ultimate acceptance of their customs had ensured the loyalty of the Fremen to him and his house and his kids, and now he was one of them forever. So somebody else comes out to visit Idaho. Aaliyah comes. She was tired of waiting and decided to come out. Paul is gone, she said. <laughs> Aaliyah comes out. Paul is gone. <laughs> He's gone. Drama, pay attention to me now, please. How terrible. <laughs> she stood beside him. He was a fool, Duncan. Don't say that. The whole universe will say it before I'm through. Idaho used his Zen Sunni awareness to see that she had no sight and no visions anymore since the death of Chani. Well, okay. Was she just like not trying? Was she like, forget forget this. I am not thinking about being a super person, Hmm. seeing the future. I just need, I just want to mourn. Maybe. Yeah, that could be it. I was definitely thinking that she was like handicapped in some, like the grief had like, like well, hit her systems up so much, but yeah, I could see that too. The choice, right? It's, it was in that last, um, that last chapter that Paul said he saw the like emotions that the emotions could take over, and that's when he would lose the vision. Well, yeah, right. So that's what I was thinking is like she's she let the emotions of all of this grief and all the mourning like take over so now she can't she's not able to see because when paul like calmed down he was able to see again right but here she is he's gone i tell you god you know like being real drama like she can't see the future like and she probably doesn't want to see the future she's also been ha- having a hard time seeing the future right right because she has to take some massive spice dose to get there yeah. um so yeah she needs some comfort some idaho comfort Aaliyah said that all Paul had to do was step off the track and he and Chani would have been safe, but Paul had abandoned love. So Idaho asked the obvious question, why didn't he save himself and Chani? Paul's entire life was a struggle to escape his jihad and his deification. At least he's free of it. He chose this. Mm. Ah, yes. Idaho shook his head in wonder. The Oracle. Even Chani's death. His moon fell. He was a fool, Duncan. Wasn't he? (laughs) Idaho felt his throat tighten as he tries to suppress his own grief. Such a fool, Idaho, Aaliyah gasped. He will live forever while we must die. Mm -hmm. Aaliyah, don't. But Aaliyah said in a low voice, it's just grief. Do you know what I must do for him? I must save the life of Princess Irulan. She swears she loved him, and now it's over. She, she reviles her sisterhood, and she will spend her life teaching Paul's children. Do you trust her? She reeks of trustworthiness. 
Ah, Idaho murmured. The defection of Erlon was the last step. It left the Bene Gesserit with no remaining lever against the Atreides' heirs. Okay, so that's basically saying Erlon actually had a change of heart. Right. She realized right. in this dramatic moment that she loved Paul the whole time and was in love with him, and but, that will protect the babies. Yeah, yeah. But you see, you see what I'm saying? She didn't like watch Reverend Mother Gaiselin Mahalim like Mahayam get murked and like Edric's tank just get shattered and he gets <laughs> shanked by a bunch of like Fadaikin and then go like oh no I mean I loved him I shall devote my life you know like fake it so that she doesn't get murdered like no, she, she actually had a had change, a change of her. Of her. yeah okay yeah cool. yeah I don't know yeah she says she'll teach Paul's children I don't know if they'll need teaching because right. they have entire generations living inside of them. Right, which <laughs> we're going to have to talk about that at some point before we press the, the stop button on this episode because there's a lot in there. I don't know if I can talk about that. Um, but yeah, I also think there, there's... I have a question here. It says it left no Bene Gesserit with the... There was no remaining lever against any Atreides heirs, right? The Bene Gesserit have spent everything. Right. My question is, where's Jessica? Jessica has washed her hands of all of this nonsense, right? Like, she's on Caladan. She's protected by being Wadib's mother. No one's allowed on Caladan. Because she says so. Right. Paul is now even more powerful because he is like a martyr god like he he's he's ascended right right so no one's gonna go and change that rule now or at least it seems right yeah so like now you know i guess me reading it it seems like Irlon was the last chance that the sisterhood had of messing things up for the the Atreides or for the for you know that whole situation. Yeah. And now they lost that. I mean, they could maybe marry off one of the kids to a Bene Gesserit later on down the road, but that's later on down the road. Well, the Bene Gesserit always have always have something up their sleeves. Oh, that's true. That's why they have such long sleeves. <laughs> wow <laughs> there's so many things i got up there that was so terrible <laughs> you laughed okay Aaliyah starts sobbing she presses her face into idaho's chest oh duncan he's gone idaho puts his lips against her hair and whispers please he felt her grief mingling with his i need you duncan she sobbed love me love me duncan I do, he whispers. She lifted her head. The moonlight illuminated her face. I know, Duncan. Love knows love. Her words sent a shudder through him. A feeling of estrangement from his old self. He'd come out here looking for one thing and found another. It was though he lurched into a room full of familiar people only to realize too late he didn't know anybody. Aaliyah pushed away from him and took his hand. Will you come with me, Duncan? Wherever you lead, he replied. 
she led him over the bridge into the shadow of the rock and into the place of safety. The end of there it is. Messiah. And it's that that same abrupt ending that we've come we've come to know and love from Frank. <laughs> the classic Frank ending. Well, there's no cliffhanger here. It's uh, where's Paul? I guess final thoughts I want to get for you before I say anything, Evan. I want to I want because I do have some things to say. I want to uh-huh. like, poke your brain. Um, what did you think of this experience with Dune Messiah? Should, okay. pe- should people can read this book or should they stop at Dune? That's three questions. You want me to answer all three questions? Yeah, pick one and run with it. Okay. Where's Paul? Uh, uh, dead in the desert slash in his baby. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Facts. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Facts. Um. That okay. That could be. We could talk about that for a while because it's like when he said, "Uh, the future no longer needs my physical presence." Yeah. It's like yeah, it doesn't because he's just like he he could see through his baby. So like he's just in there, right? Leto, I th- is it just Leto that he's like? Um. Uh, yeah, you're not I allowed mean, to tell me. You're I making can't. that face like you're not allowed to tell me. Sorry. <laughs> That's the I can't say anything face. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I'm seeing. So, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, the future doesn't need his physical form anymore. He's in there somewhere. He's going to be at least helping homeboy navigate some stuff. Right. Uh, that's where Paul is. The second question was, what did I think of this whole experience? Yeah. I I don't think I would have read these books without reading Dune and without you. I think I would have picked it up. I would have read the first couple of pages, gotten confused, gotten self-conscious about how many times I had to pull up the dictionary. <laughs> And I would have given up out of the just like confusion because like his language, Frank's language is so like, it's like scholarly and poetic all at the same time, which is just like kind of hard to follow sometimes. But yeah, the opening quotes, the opening quotes get you sometimes too. You're like, what? right. How many times have you said like, what do you think about this quote? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. You know, like blank, blank stares. Right. So, I mean, I don't think I would have gotten this far without Dune. I'm glad I did get this far because this is such an incredible story, right? I didn't think so. It's it's super cool. Um, I've I've found like a new fandom, like a new big fandom that I want to be a part of and that I am a part of. I feel like I'm a part of now. Yes. Um, that's great. I love it. This has been great. Okay. Dune Messiah. Worth the read or better to stop at Dune? I, I I think it's worth the read. I mean, it's I have I have like I have a different take on a lot of like the way that I like 
the things that I'm a fan of, right? The fandoms right. that I'm a part of where I'm just always happy when there's more of it. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and that's a hot take, especially if you're like a Tolkien fan or a star Wars, uh, fan. A star Wars fan. It's like, Oh, the, the, the sequels are just right. awful or the prequels are awful or the video game. This one video game is terrible. Like rings of power is completely inaccurate. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, like maybe, but like there's more of the stuff that we all really, really like. Why would we not be happy about that existing, right? So that's kind of, that's how I feel about uh, Messiah. It wasn't a bad, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like, I'm not comparing it to like the Star Wars prequels or anything like that by any stretch. But like, it's just nice to keep the story going, right? It, I th- Yeah. I mean, especially the way Dune ends, you makes you want to pick up the next one right away. And it is nice that this one is significantly smaller. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel like I didn't get that experience of it being smaller because we still took so long to read through it, right? One chapter I'm, at a time. I mean, we, we could be going for another 20 weeks. <laughs> well, I guess it was like 48 weeks to do Dune is, yeah. is, is a lot. True. Um. Okay, what do you think the main moral of the story is? If you were to boil down for it, Dune's about what? Okay. I thought about this last week because you brought up the idea of this that question last week mm-hmm. or last episode. Um, and I got a quote from one of my favorite bands came to my head immediately which is the the line in the song is um, I know now that glory has not a place near my hands or any man's. Hmm. That's kind of what I feel like Messiah is about. It's like you can build this big grand thing for yourself and have as much power as you could possibly imagine any human person having and build that empire to like consume the literal universe and it will still not fulfill you Mm. and that glory isn't gonna be this thing that you think it's gonna be it's not gonna be this like amazing life because it's it's going to come with all kinds of garbage and awfulness that you're going to have to deal with and reckon with and yeah I mean that's I mean we feel that with Paul right he says I'm dying of prescience right like the thing that saved him is also killing him the thing that's you know did all this is also the his downfall right um and it can be very easy for all of us to get swept away in the excitement of everything, mm-hmm. you know, to see glory rising and yeah. be like, I want to be a part of that. And you jump into it and then you realize that, uh, not that they don't have your best intentions in mind, but look what happened to the Fremen. The Fre- I think the Fremen are the example we're supposed to look at right. in this book. And it's like, the it changes you and not for the better right and that's that's where it comes to that quote that i said you know glory has not a place near my hands or any man's it's like 
the Fremen got to taste this like victory and this glory. And they were this like moralistic, like high honor culture. And they got a taste of glory and power and and it, it corrupted them. Yeah. They had to go get an atomic bomb for no other reason than just because we want one. Right. It, it, it corrupted them into being exactly the opposite of the kind of people that they were and were taught to be over generations, which that'll preach. I don't know if somebody needed to hear that one. <laughs> they became the oppressors. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's, that's the hard pillow we got to swallow. And Frank is always trying to get you just to think about your own thing. Think about your own way you view the world. Not to say that you're wrong or you're right um, and that this is the right way to view things, but just to sit and think about it is is the way I'm seeing things where I'm so absolute. Is that the way it's actually helpful for everybody? Um, and also everyone's got plans, but no one can see the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you could. Even if you can't see the future. <laughs> it ends up falling apart anyway, you know? Yeah. All right. Any other final thoughts before we leave this book behind I mean yeah yeah Blitz Girl on YouTube says to quote Chani at the start of Denny Venub's film who will our next oppressors be yeah that's the thought like who's next what's happening next you know because he he does have this like wonderful way of leaving us with like nothing to hold on to, you know, or like what, wait, that's it. They just walked back inside and that's, that's the end of that. Yeah, uh, what's next? That's kind of like the only thing that I'm left with. Well, there is another book. If hmm. you do get the urge, but warning, it is longer. It's a longer one. And I want to end, I want to end with this uh, quote from, Vladimir Baron Harkonnen. Um, when we think about, he said this to Raban, almost as a joke, right? That uh, when after the storm, so Jessica and Paul get in the storm and they're like crashes, and Raban goes, "Oh, they're surely dead." And it's like, "Oh, no one would have survived that." And the Baron goes, "Well, did you find any bodies?" And Raban's like, uh, uh. And I just want to say, nobody, nobody's dead. If you can't find a body, you don't know if they're dead. I just want to say it's a great thing to think about when it comes to Dune. Because who knows what's happening. What? So thank y'all for uh, reading Dune with us, reading Dune Messiah. Evan is shook at the moment. I just, that quote from the Baron. I'm shook. Why would you leave, why would you leave me with that? I just want to quote the Baron as we enter into the next part of Dune in Children. I think it's just an important person to remember who, how big of an impact he had on the story. And yeah, stay spicy, my friends. <laughs> Evan is so shook. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being in this journey with us. As always, you can find the website. You want to email us, please. readingdune at gmail.com. I want to hear your experiences. Yeah, I know people are still emailing me um, about this. I was supposed to read one at the end, and I think I think I will do just it for, just for giggles um, because it's just sent in. 
Hope, nope, that's something from YouTube. Oh, from Aaron O'Connor. Hey guys, I just want to let you know I started listening, listening to you guys and the show, and you're interested in the new movies. Oh, he was interested in movies. He started reading. Right. Took a while to get into it. Yeah. But I would have never gotten in, into Dune without your show. Aww. As soon as you guys finished wrapping the first book, I went out and actually purchased Messiah, which is Let's the whole go. point of this. Go buy the next book and go read it for yourself. And, oh my God, not only was I enjoying the Dune experience so much, but actually reading the physical book. I had so much fun reading every chapter and going over that said chapter with you guys. It feels like a book club. And ideas I might have thought about in this chapter with you guys. Yes. Because, let's be honest, this book gets better when you read it again. Because of the prescience factor and how things work out, you start to see things differently on your reread. Thank you, Caleb and Evan. You guys are awesome. I'll have to purchase one of those brilliant coffee cups on your site. Yes. Also, one more thing. Apologies for my long email here. I loved my experience reading along with you guys. I'm actually starting from the very beginning of Dune and reading a chapter with my wife every night and then restarting the podcast to understand things better. <laughs> so if you read this email on the next podcast from Messiah, that'd be awesome. I finally caught up <laughs> because I think I wouldn't be reaching the third book with my wife until 2023. <laughs> Stay spicy. I'll see you when you catch up with you. Aaron and Michelle. Aaron, Michelle, good to hear from you. We want to hear more from you. Thank yes. you so much for doing this. And uh, stay spicy, my friends. Yeah. Stay spicy. No bitter stench of the funeral steel for Muhadib. No kneel nor solemn rite of free the mind. From arvorous shadows, he is the fool saint the golden stranger living forever on the edge of reason. Let your guard fall and he is there. His crimson peace, the sovereign parlor, strike into our universe on prophetic webs. To the verge of a quiet glance, there, out of bristle star jungles, mysterious, lethal, an oracle without eyes, cat spa of prophecy whose voice never dies. Shy halud, he waits thee upon a strand where couples walk in fix eye to eye. The delicious Inu of love, he stride to the long cavern of time, scattering the full self of his dream. From the goal is him.